0: Whoa!
2: Miles Brennan walks away, not only from LSU, but from football altogether. The once promising recruit, who appeared to be the future quarterback for the Bayou Bengals, nearly won the job as a freshman, sat behind Joe Burrow, got the job, then lost the job not once but twice due to injuries. As a six year senior battling it out with two other guys for the starting job, has opted to hang it up and call it a career. Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company. I'm your host, Raymond the III, better known as RP3. I'm joined inside the game studios by the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names. We got a jam packed but tremendous show on tap today. We're going to be talking. With Brett Chansey, our buddy from the Locked On Astros podcast. You've heard from him numerous times already on the show. We got him locked in now. No pun intended. 7 o'clock. 7 o'clocks. I'll try that. 7 o'clock on Tuesdays. That's where you need to use the S. Moving forward the rest of the regular season. Don't give me the side eye look. I'm getting the side eye look. Hey, you know what? I mispronounce a word. It happens. Well, fall short of the glory. I do so multiple times, usually in the first 15 minutes of this show. Brett Chancey's going to join us every Tuesday morning at 7 o'clock. Talking all things Astros. The rest of this season and throughout their long postseason run, more than likely. That'll be at straight up 7. Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajun, is going to talk all things Vermilion and white with us. That's coming up at 7.30. At 8 o'clock, William Weathers from Tiger Rag will hop on board. We'll react to the Miles Brennan news with him as well and get other reports on what's going on in fall camp for the Tigers. That'll be at 8 o'clock. And then 8.30, scheduled to join us, Bob Nightingale, Major League Baseball reporter from USA Today. So we got four guests on this Tuesday edition of RP3 and Company. Of course, we'll touch on Saints. We'll touch on Raging Cajuns. We'll touch on the Houston Astros beginning their series against the Chicago White Sox with an L. We'll hit on all of it. Of course, we want to hear from you. Game hotline is open. 337-706-0111. That's 337 337- Seven zero six zero one one one, but we're going to lead off today talking about the LSU quarterback Miles Brennan. This guy <laughs> ended up playing for three different coaches, uh, or was part of LSU with three different coaches. A prize recruit. By Les Miles and Cam Cameron. Who never got to play for them. Because obviously they fired Les Miles and Cam Cameron. Ed O and the staff when Orgeron took over. They made it a priority to keep Miles Brennan. Miles Brennan stayed connected. And kept him in the loop. And made him still feel part of the family. And if you remember, if you go back, I know it's a long time ago because Miles Brennan's in his sixth year at LSU. The skinny kid with the rocket arm nearly won the starting job as a true freshman. Nearly won the starting job as a true freshman. But Orgeron even said back then how impressed they were with Miles Brennan, what he brought to the table. But they ended up giving the job to Danny Etling because he was the upperclassman, the former transfer who came in. He was going to be a senior, and O oh, preferred to give the job to the upperclassman. Because that quarterback battle that year between Miles and Danny. Was a whole lot closer than people uh, remember. Nearly won the job as a true freshman. But Danny was the guy. So Miles sat back and said, not a problem. I'll be the backup. Ended up being a redshirt backup. Danny Atling graduates. It's Miles Brennan, it's Justin McMillan, Lindsey Scott Jr., they're all in the mix at quarterback. And then comes Joe Burrow. All the other guys transferred out. Miles didn't. Joe Burrow was the better quarterback. Joe Burrow had was an older upperclassman. And Miles didn't leave. Other guys transferred out. In the era of the NCAA transfer portal, and I'm going to go play for five different teams in four years. Lindsey Scott, by the way, LSU, Juco, Missouri, Nichols, and now Incarnate Word, so he's actually on his fifth team. Believe it or not. Brennan was loyal. Brennan didn't win the job as a freshman. He stayed. He could have transferred out. Brennan didn't beat out Joe Burrow. Instead, decided to serve as Joe Burrow's backup, kept bulking up, putting more weight on his frame because he's a skinny kid. Rocket arm, skinny kid. Could have transferred out just like everyone else did. Didn't. Stayed with the team, stayed committed. Was the backup quarterback on the national championship team. And then Joe goes, takes the national title, takes his Heisman trophy. He goes to be the number one overall pick. And it's Miles' team. And that lasts, what, three games? They have a quarterback competition. Brennan was the best of the guys. Better than Max Johnson. Max Johnson wasn't ready yet. Sorry, this was his last year. Two years ago, he was the guy. That was the hangover year where the team was lost. Oh, had lost the team. Guys had defected. Left. Jamar Chase is like, I'm not playing at all. Tyler Shelvin's like, I'm not playing at all. Guys started preparing for the NFL. The team was in disarray. It was a dumpster fire. Oh, and on top of it, Miles gets hurt. What, three games in? His injury finally gets the chance. Nearly wins the job as a freshman. Gets redshirted. Has the opportunity to transfer out. Doesn't. New guy comes in. Wins the starting job. Miles says, I'm not transferring out. I love LSU. I'm committed to LSU. Stays with LSU. Finally gets his chance to be the starting quarterback. And has an injury that's so rare that doctors wanted to do the procedure on him and. Name the procedure after him. Tommy John surgery is named after a gentleman named Tommy John. They wanted to name the procedure that they were going to have to be forced to do on Miles Brennan after him. Call it a Miles Brennan. He refused. He naturally came back. Comes back again. Could have left. Other guys that year left. (laughs) Just pointing out all the other quarterbacks that left. Last year. In the competition for the starting quarterback job. Battling Max Johnson. TJ, you know, TJ Finley had been battling the year before he is already gone. Already at Auburn. Battling Nussmeyer and Max Johnson. Gets injured. The likelihood of having not one but two freak injuries is astronomical. He gets injured at a camp wearing a flip flop. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that happening? So then he's shelved for the year. Done. Done. Max Johnson takes the team, makes it slightly competitive before he decides to enter the transfer portal. Now he's at Texas A&M. Brennan says, you know what? It's not working out here at LSU. I haven't been able to win the starting job. When I did get the starting job, I suffered a freak injury. Then I suffered another injury while I was in the mix of trying to win the starting job. I've graduated. I love LSU. It's time for me to enter the NCAA transfer portal. So here's enters the transfer portal. More than likely, probably looking to go to a lower level, play at least one season as the starting quarterback, maybe get a chance to get to the National Football League. And Brian Kelly says... Miles, come on back. Yeah, I'm signing Walker Howard. Number one prospect in the state out of St. Thomas Moore. Yeah, we still got Garrett Nussmeyer, But I want you to come. I want you to be my bridge quarterback. I want you to be here. And apparently it didn't take a whole lot of convincing because Brennan said okay. But then you started seeing it in the spring. And whether it was back-to-back seasons of injuries or the fact that the other guys just ran an offense, Brian Kelly's offense, better, you could tell that we're getting conflicting reports of Brennan looks like he's going to be the guy or maybe it's the other two guys that are more built similarly, the other two guys that have a similar playing style. Those guys may be more of what we're looking at here. Nussmeyer made strides during the spring. Fall camp comes around, and Jane Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer look to be the guys, while Miles Brennan look to be the odd man out. Remember, Brian Kelly won a lot of games with Ian Book as his quarterback, so... And apparently there was a conversation that was had that said, look, it's really a two-horse race and you're not one of the horses. And Miles Brennan said, okay. It's time for me to hang it up. Six-year with the program. Not going to be the starter. Not even going to be the backup. Now, one could argue, and I'd make the point... I get why Brian went and sold Miles Brennan to come back to LSU when he was in the transfer portal. And and you did that because you're desperate to have <clears throat> enough quarterbacks on the roster. But part of me is like, well, why did you do it? He doesn't run the offense that you want to run. He, his skill set doesn't fit that. Garrett Nussmeyers does. You already got Walker Howard. Now you're bringing in the Arizona State transfer. Why do you need Miles Brennan? At the time, he was desperate, and needed a quarterback. I get it. It was a business decision. Trying to hoard as many quarterbacks as you can because you don't know if you have any of them that can play. I get it. But did, but did that prevent Miles from maybe having a chance to actually be a starter somewhere else? Like, you know, Southeastern or, you know, Nichols or someplace like that. I don't know. Maybe. But it also feels like, even though he was in the portal for a little while, it also feels like Miles Brennan just didn't want to be anywhere else. Of If anyone had opportunities to no longer play for the LSU Tigers. Of all the quarterbacks that have come and gone in the last five years, Danny Etling, Joe Burrow were transfers in, remember? Justin McMillan, Lindsey Scott Jr. were recruits that left and transferred elsewhere. As did TJ Finley, as did Max Johnson. Long list of guys that have treated LSU like a revolving door. I'm here for two years or a year and I'm I'm gone. Miles wasn't that guy. Brennan was. I love LSU. He always loved LSU, always wanted to come to LSU. LSU was the dream school. Injuries and circumstances never allowed him to be the star. But he stuck. And in in the era of Guys leaving because they don't get a chance to play or they're not the starter or whatever it might be. Having a guy stay pretty much committed to one school for six years and only start three games. Isn't that what a lot of us want more of our young athletes to have than the mindset of, I'm just going to treat this as free agency. I hear people rail about the NCAA transfer portal all the time. And no commitment. I heard it a lot the year after the national championship season, the pandemic year, where guys were opting out and not playing for the Tigers. I heard a lot of you call this program and say they're quitters. Yet on the same hand, I also heard from people That couldn't wait to throw dirt on Miles Brennan. Oh, that guy's a bum. Get him out of here. Loyalty's loyalty, man. That's what it boils down to. And Miles was loyal to LSU, and he didn't want to really play anywhere else. Could he, after being told by Brian Kelly, even this late in the process, hey, he could possibly probably found somewhere else to go. But... The skinny kid with the last name of New Orleans restaurant royalty. Because by the way, he does not have to work. He's he's related to the Brennan's. Yes. <laughs> also, shout out to Miles Brennan for locking up all the all those NIL deals this this last year, where he gets to keep all that money and and didn't get to play another a uh, single down <laughs> so he gets he gets he gets to have that but really it, it's a ton of what ifs with his career right what if he actually won the starting job as a freshman which he nearly did does Joe Burrow even arrive think about that if Brennan had won the starting job as a freshman and put up decent numbers? he would have been a young guy at the helm of the LSU program, then there's not really an opportunity for Joe. Does Joe still come? Do they try to get Joe? I don't know. I don't know. Or he could have got injured that year, too. You never do know. And what if he hadn't got injured with the tear that he had in his admin? I mean, think about that. It's Lots of what ifs. Lots of what-ifs with Miles Brennan's career. But Brennan has called it a day. As he wrote on social media, it is time for me to start a new chapter in my life. I'm announcing today that I will be stepping away from football. I'm thankful for where this journey has taken me so far, and I'm looking forward to where it takes me next. Wish him nothing but the best. That leads us to our poll question of the day on this Tuesday edition of RP3 and Company. It's pretty much now a two-horse race, right? Walker Howard is the guy that's going to be the future multi-year quarterback. And Walker understands this. He understood this before he signed and committed, when he was committed to the Tigers before Brian Kelly. And when Brian Kelly took over, he knows that he's going to be the guy down the road. He had to sit at STM. So he's gonna sit at LSU. So it's really a two-horse race for who's gonna be the starting quarterback in Brian Kelly's first season at the helm. Is it gonna be Jaden Daniels, the transfer in from Arizona State with all the experience? Or is it gonna be Garrett Nussmeyer? Guy that can do wonders with his legs, too. Also, Nussmeyer is a son of an NFL assistant coach. Just like to point that out. Who's it gonna be? Both have similar styles. But who's going to win the quarterback job now? Jane Daniels or Garrett Nussmeyer? Straight up, only two options for the poll question of the day. We want to hear from you. Go vote on it. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up. Hotlines is open. Love to hear from you. You know the number, 337-706-0111. That's 337 337- seven zero six zero one 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 you're listening to the game one oh three seven Lafayette one oh four one Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros
1: RP3 is the epitome of a high roller constantly making large bets
2: But by doing that, the minimum bet is a dollar for a win, a dollar for a place, a dollar for a show. So it's essentially a $3 bet that netted me a cool
1: $6.70. What? Okay, so he's not a risk taker. He's your best bet for sports talk. 19. Hit me. 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. No. Now back to more RP3 and Company on the, on the game. Day. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: Football season is here in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to crown you the tailgating king. With the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and The Game, you can score yourself $500 to Chops Specialty Meats, a new grill with accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, tickets to LSU and Louisiana Raging Cajun football games, and so much more. Enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Once again, it's the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and The Game. Woo. The $500 gift card to the specialty meat shop, that's enough to get me interested. Everything else is land yap. But anytime I can get myself a gift card to a meat establishment, watch out now. I'll be, I'll be bulldozing people grandma's children to get that kind of stuff i don't care i get crazy i get loco thinking about that kind of thing loco let's go check in on the poll question of the day shall we while we have a few minutes here on the rp3 and company now that miles brennan has stepped aside has decided to retire who is going to win the LSU quarterback battle? It's really a two-horse race. Walker Howard is the guy that's going to be the answer long-term. He'll just be redshirted this year and learn the system. So that leaves it down to Jaden Daniels, the Arizona State transfer, and Garrett Nussmeyer, who showed some flashes last year. Who do you think is going to be? Lots of votes on this already. 67% of you say Jaden Daniels. 33% say Garrett Nussmeyer. Ton says, man, imagine getting talked out of the portal just to be told you won't be a starter, then called a quitter because you leave because you were lied to. Ooh, I, 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 I do have questions there. I do have some questions there. You liked Nussmeyer. You bring in the Arizona State guy. I'd love to know what the conversation was between Brian Kelly and Miles Brennan to say, hey, get out of the portal, come back home, and then you're the third-string quarterback. Now, Brennan's not going to say anything bad about Brian Kelly, and Brennan's not going to say anything bad about LSU. That's not going to happen. But it's an interesting point by Ton. By the way, he also says both will start. It'll be a two-quarterback system for a while until Kelly gets his feet wet. It's his comfort blanket way of doing things. I, I could see that. John Paul Cajun Daddy says it makes the most sense for Daniels to get the start. Got to feel a little bad for Miles when only get to see him start for a few games. But he was great when he did. We need to remember he got the start over two other quarterbacks that are now starting yeah. at A&M and at Auburn. I, yeah, you're right. He won that job over two guys that are also starting in the SEC. I'm not even going to go with you, what you say, JPK, though, (laughs) D. Keep those votes coming. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Let's head out to the hotline. Oh, we got a couple of callers waiting to get on. Let's start off with Doug. Doug, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind, my friend?
3: Oh, morning, Ray. Hey, listen, Ray, look, I'm appreciative of Miles Brennan. I appreciate his loyalty. But by him sticking around all these years, did he just wait another quarterback from wanting to transfer over to LSU? I mean, somebody else thinking about coming to LSU, I don't know, Miles Brennan's there and all these other guys.
1: Well, Doug,
2: that, that, there, there, there's that. I mean, Joe Burrow still came in. Jane Daniels yeah, still came but, I mean, in
3: Joe Burrow knew he could beat out anybody on his team I mean well yeah jo-
2: Joe knew that but let's 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 not have revisionist history Joe Burrow had to earn the job and Joe Burrow didn't win the job at Ohio State that's why Joe needed to find a place to come to right yeah. so let, let, we, we we forget that and we forget that because of how great Joe ended up being but that was a quarterback competition that wasn't decided. Until, you know, three weeks before the start of the season back in 2018, oh, right? So, you I know. I don't know,
3: Ray. It might have been decided before that when Joe was practicing with receivers during the spring. Who knows, you know? I'm saying this, Ray. Look, I'm appreciative of the guy. He really needs to play somewhere this year. He needs to get some tape. People need to be able to see what kind of quarterback he is. They plan on moving him up to the NFL. I mean, well, he doesn't want. No, he's Doug.
2: Doug, D- 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 he's hanging it up. He he's done. He's done with football. Like this oh, isn't. Man. This isn't. Th- this isn't a leaving LSU thing. This is. I'm done with football, kind of thing. Like that. This is I like done. It. I got my degree, and now I'm going to move on to my other. If, you know, he's not transferring anywhere. He's not trying to get to the NFL. He he's done. He's hanging it up.
3: Yeah, I mean he's changed his mind a couple of times already this season. We'll see. We'll see. I hope I hope he doesn't hang it up. He, he's a, he's a talented guy, you know. He he needs a chance. Yeah, but I can respect healthy, a
2: guy, Doug. I can respect a guy that says, you know what, it's time. Right? Yeah. He could he he could go and try to keep it going. Right? He's talented enough to go to Nichols or go to McNeese or go to you know another level like that and get a, a season's worth of tape, like you said. Okay, and, and and I totally agree with you. And, and part of me feels like I'd really like to see him do that, but yeah. th- there's something to him deciding to just be an LSU guy and deciding, you know what? I don't have it. I'm not the same guy I was before the injury. That's probably right. part of it. Let's be honest. Right.
1: Yeah. And yeah.
2: you know, once again, they they had a surgery that they wanted to name after him. That tells you how oddly weird and severe that injury was. Because remember, yeah. <laughs> Remember the injury was so crazy is that he got the injury against Missouri tore the muscle off his pelvic bone and his hip doctors had never seen this before so uh and, and he didn't get surgery so he had it recovered naturally so I don't know maybe you know he was always a skinny kid too Doug maybe he's just like my body you know what I, I don't got anything left. My body can't take yeah. me being a football player.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Daniels is probably the front runner right now, Ray. And something else, Ray, I'm, 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 I'm impressed, highly impressed with Hanson for the Saints. I mean, this guy, he was everywhere. I mean, you couldn't help but but not cheat a guy on the field, and he played well. He really did.
2: That he did, brother. That he did. I appreciate the phone call, Doug. Enjoy the rest of your day, my friend. Thank you, Ray. Appreciate you, bud. Let's head quickly back out to the hotline. Welcome on, Chad. Chad. Good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind, my friend?
4: Oh, not too much, my man. Good morning. Hey, man. With with uh, Brennan uh, saying that he retired from football, I think a couple of the sports books already went up two more wins. Uh, for LSU, I think they were at 6.5. Now they're like at eight wins uh, with him just um, with saying he's not playing anymore. Uh, but, man, I think it's going to be a two-horse race for sure. Uh, I think they're both going to play. Uh, I don't think there's one that's better than the other, man, uh, from, what, from what we're hearing. But, man, what does this do to Walker Howard? He's one play away from being the backup quarterback, one injury away. Uh, I know that the other quarterback right now has a high ankle sprain, but he's, like I said, he, you're going to have to almost get him ready uh, as well. Don't you believe, James?
2: Appreciate the phone call, Chad. Look, I believe that, yes. Look, Walker's going to be prepared no matter what. It's how he's built. And I can guarantee you that his daddy has made sure that he's built that way. His father, of course, played quarterback at LSU. So, Walker will be ready to go. I think if you're LSU, you would prefer just using Nussmeyer and Daniels as your two quarterbacks this season and then see what happens. Right? Daniels is a transfer with a ton of experience. Nussmeyer played a little bit last year. There's a reason why Brian Kelly made Walker Howard his number one priority for his first recruiting class. That's his guy. Right? That's his guy. He inherited Nussmeyer. He brought in Jane Daniels. But Walker's the guy. So now that Miles is out of the picture, if you will, this gets more reps for Walker Howard and will help him get even more prepared. I think the philosophy, I think the mindset's going to be, let's not use Walker this year, but now he's going to have more opportunity to get more reps to prepare if he if he is needed to come off the bench. Because remember, LSU's used a lot of quarterbacks in the re- recent years. And they, they, they've been forced to. They've used a lot of different quarterbacks the last few years. So we'll see. But yeah, he'll be preparing as if he's starting because that's what how Walker kind of approaches everything. Got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up. Keep those phone calls coming. Game hotline's open. 337-706-0111. I got nothing but love for Chad. He called me James. Should I be flattered by this? Because Mesh, first of all, James is young, skinny, and on top of it, has great hair. I am old, bald, and large. So most people would be offended. Hey, how could you not call me by my name? I host a show. I'm not going to take that. I'm going to say, you know what? Thank you, Chad. Chad called me by someone else on our station who's younger. Skinnier and actually has hair. Thank you, Chad. You have a blessed day, my friend. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and Company coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Yellow. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: It doesn't matter who wins the quarterback battle at LSU. Many of you diehard Tiger fans bleed that purple and gold, and you love to entertain on game days. And you're going to have friends and family over to watch the games. Whew, nothing like Saturday night in Tiger Stadium, right? Why not do that in style? Look, you already know that my friends over at Lafayette, Marble & Granite, they do a tremendous job when it comes to kitchen and bathroom countertops. Show-stopping granite makes things look like it comes right out of a catalog. The wife will be happy. Trust me. You know this. Why not take your man cave, your outdoor living space to another level as well? Make it the envy of the neighborhood during game days this fall. Go visit Lafayette Marble and Granite because they're looking to earn your business. And trust me, earn it, they will. They got a tremendous website. LMGelite.com. That's LMGelite.com. All their live inventory is updated every single Wednesday. They also have all the great products and services that they have to offer. It's right there on the website. Or you know what? Simply stop by their showroom located on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford. It's Lafayette, Marble & Granite. They're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. Poll question of the day. We're asking you. Who's now going to win the LSU quarterback battle? Is it going to be Jaden Daniels, the transfer in from Arizona State? Or is it going to be Garrett Nussmeier, who played last year as a freshman right now? 66% of the vote going to Jaden Daniels. 34% going to Garrett Nussmeier. Let's head back out to the hotline. Y'all got plenty to say to this morning. First up, Reynolds. Reynolds, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind, my friend? Good morning. Hey, I have a question. So uh, I didn't get
5: I didn't get to see the first series of the Saints game, uh, but I, I watched the, the the rest of it and and I, I had a question. Uh, so we know that they had they took Davenport uh, as a project, they took Patrick Turner as a project.
2: Payne Turner. Uh, Payne Turner. Neither one yeah. of
5: them have really turned it on yet. I hear Turner is starting to turn on in, in preseason, but. Ty Penning. Is it Pennington or Pennings?
2: You mean mean the offensive lineman? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Trevor Penning.
5: Okay. Do you think he's more on the lines of a project like uh, the latter two, or do you think he'll figure it out?
2: Great question. Appreciate the phone call, Reynolds. Thank you for your time, bud. I'm going to answer that. Have a great day, bud. So – Look, yes. I don't think look, I don't think the Saints expected Peyton Turner to be a project. I, I'm gonna be completely transparent there. I, I don't think the Saints believe when they drafted Marcus Davenport in the first round and traded up to get him out of UTSA that he was going to be a project. I don't think they believe Peyton Turner, who they drafted out of the University of Houston in the first round, was going to be a project. Davenport's issue is not being able has not been trying to make the adjustment to the National Football League. That's not Davenport's issue. Davenport's issue is being able to stay on the field. He's not a project. He just can't stay healthy. When he's healthy, he's a dynamic pass rusher. The problem is the cat is missing like, what, 55% of the season year after year? He hasn't been healthy. That's Davenport's issue. He's a dynamic pass rusher. When healthy, that's the big question mark. Peyton Turner is more of a project to me because he can play inside, outside, or across the defensive line. And he's been slow during camp. He's been getting to start to show some flashes, but you even heard Cam Jordan, Reynolds talk about, you know, hey, he's making some progress, but he's got to step his game up. So he's going to be challenged by the vets on that team to warrant the fact that they spent a first round draft pick on him. As for Trevor, the starting offensive tackle, or the guy battling to be the starting offensive tackle, rather, they knew he's going to be a project. He reminds me of so much of Teron Armstead. Armstead took a little while to adjust from playing small school college football to pl- being a starting tackle in the National Football League. It's a project, but it's going to be a short project. Now, credit Armstead for picking it up fairly early and fairly quickly. All things considered. But Trevor is the guy moving forward. I think Hurst is going to be your starting left tackle for this season. And Trevor is going to be your number six offensive lineman. They'll use him as the backup at left tackle, at right tackle, and may even get him some playing time at guard if need be. But he's going to be your number six offensive lineman, the rookie out of Northern Iowa. But the game plan is for him to be the starter in the near future, sooner than later. Let's head back out to the hotline. Welcome on Jamie to the show. Jamie, a.k.a. Mr. Green. Good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind, my friend?
4: Good morning, Mr. Third. I, uh, I think I was stuck behind Andres Pete. The dude was pulling a trailer, taking up a lane and a half, and hardly moving.
2: Oh.
4: Man, I got fi- to find another route to work. Look, uh, I wanted to go in on the poll question today, but first, let me say this. It's almost college football season, so for all you McNeese fans over in Lake Charles, I love y'all. Fork em demons. All right, that being said. <laughs> wow.
2: Um, Complaining oh, about okay. traffic and throwing shade towards McNeese. Okay, you, you better bring it now, bud.
3: All right, well, here you go. Here's
4: my poll question of the day. You know, they're, they're, they're probably going to run a two-quarterback system. Several people pointed that out. It's all good. It doesn't matter. woo Suey Roll Tide, LSU's going to lose. Y'all have a great day.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. Oh, Jamie. Jamie's feeling salty this morning. Absolutely salty this morning. Keep those votes coming on the poll question of the day. Keep those phone calls coming as well. Love to hear from you guys. we got to take a timeout. When we return, we'll wrap up our number one. Woo! Update that poll question. That's all next right here on RP3 and Company. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. (laughs) Uh, The Houston Astros opened up a series against the Chicago White Sox with a 4-2 loss last night there on the south side of Chicago. Urquidy started the game, went seven and two-thirds, only gave up one earned run on six hits, struck out four, so a decent performance by him, but once again, the Astros' bullpen, well... It wetted itself. This time it was Montero, who didn't even last a third, giving up three runs. <laughs> like what? Astros go up early. Alvarez hits the sack fly. It's a one-nothing game. Bregman then doubles the deep center, scoring Yuli Guriel. Two nothing lead. But then Montero goes in there and gives up a two run double in the eighth, and then gives up an RBI single. It's like, come on, dude. Come on, dude. Strohs lose 4-2. to two. Waste a solid effort by Jose Arquidi as Montero is tagged with the loss as he gave up the three runs late in the ballgame. Woof. They'll get back to action again tonight, 7-10 first pitch. Of course, we'll break down this game even more so with Brett Chancy of the Locked On Astros podcast. He'll join us to kick off our number two. Don't forget to keep voting on that poll question of the day. Who do you think is now going to win the QB battle at LSU? Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. You're listening to the game. 103.7 Lafayette, One zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Whoa!
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything, everything gonna be
1: all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3.
2: Our number 2 has arrived. Welcome back to RP3 and Company. I'm your host, the big bald and beautiful one, RP3, better known as Raymond Parts the 3rd. Great first hour, plenty of reaction to Miles Brennan hanging it up at LSU and just hanging it up from football period. And he's just walking away. Just walking away. Much of you, many of you had nice things to say. Some of you had salty things to say. Shout out to Salty Steve. <laughs> as I fully expected on this morning. Appreciate all the phone calls as we spent the majority of our number one breaking down Miles Brennan and his tenure at LSU. And now that it's come to an end, and that's also led us to our poll question of the day. Who's now going to win the quarterback battle? It comes down to two, Walker Howard, He'll keep preparing, but we already know LSU would like him to essentially be redshirted this year, learn the offense, and then he'll be the quarterback of the future, the former STM Cougar star. So it comes down to Jane Daniels, the Arizona State transfer, and Garrett Nussmeyer, who played a little bit last year. Both are mobile guys. Both can do things with their arms as well. So who do you think is going to win it? Who's going to be the starting quarterback for LSU for Brian Kelly in year number one. Many of you have brought up, you feel like it could be both of them. Brian Kelly's had to use two quarterbacks before. He's done it. It's not unfamiliar territory, so to speak. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. Right now, though, it's time for us to talk Houston Astros. They're still one of the hottest teams in baseball, but they opened up last night's series against the Chicago White Sox, who are fighting for a playoff berth themselves with a 4-2 defeat. Scored enough runs. Jose Arquiti pitched well enough, but the bullpen let the Astros down yet again. That's happened now a handful of times in the last few weeks. Is that cause for concern? Is that a chink in the armor, so to speak, for the Houston Astros come postseason time? To break it all down for us is the man who's the co-host of the Locked On Astros podcast, Brett Chancey now joins us. Brett, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend?
0: You know, I'm doing great. I just dropped my son off for his first day of freshman year for high school. So we are going and blowing this morning. Um unfortunately we don't get to talk about an Astros win, but I think a talk like this may be maybe um less often than than you know you know for most teams because last night's game, as you had mentioned The bullpen kind of gave things away. But really, another aspect of this, you can't ignore that Alvarez, Bradman, Tucker, Diaz, and Mancini went two for 16. And when your big hitters in the middle of the lineup are not hitting, um, then you have to absolutely put up zeros, and that put all the pressure on the bullpen last night.
2: Look, I don't disagree with that whatsoever, and you need your guys to hit. they got to rake. Totally understand that. Totally agree with that. But this is now, this has happened a handful of times in the last few weeks where a game that should have been won that appeared to be in the books as a W has slipped through their hands due to the bullpen not doing its job. So as it stands right now, they're still one of the best teams in baseball on August 16th. That hasn't changed. Are you concerned at all about the stability and the consistency of the Astros' bullpen?
0: Well, if you ask me that question and we're in the middle of the ALDS and we're losing games, yes. But we still have time between now and then for those guys to fix whatever's going on. Montero has really been one of the most consistent and one of the most potent relievers this year. His last three starts, 5.2 innings, given up, I think like six runs or even nine runs. I'm not looking at it right now, but he's really not done the job that he's been, been accustomed to doing. And, you know, I hated the decision by dusty to pull or Keedy. Um I thought that he had only given up six hits, which were singles. And he had four strikeouts. He didn't have any walks. Let him get one more out, but Montero, was quote-unquote Dusty's freshest arm, according to him, this is his third outing in a row where he's not done the job. You hope that it's something they can work out the kinks. I know they had sent Seth Martinez down to work on stuff with left-handed batters, and hopefully he'll be up when it comes playoff time. But if this trend continues over a week or two, it does make you concerned with what's going on with the relief pitching staff, who has been one of the best in baseball all
2: season. And, Brett, look, there's peaks and valleys to these things, right? I mean, the the season, it's a long season. So, you know, you'll you'll have a hitter look really good, and then all of a sudden they look awful. And the bullpen will look really good, and it'll look awful. I I don't think we're to the point of concern overall with the bullpen, but Montero individually, I go, eh, like it's just – You're like, eh, like you mentioned, we have a couple of these now. You don't want these things to snowball uh, snowball on you, so to speak. I'll ask this. What did you make of Lance McCullers' performance last weekend?
0: You want to talk about a boost. You want to talk about a different level of energy that you saw Saturday and Sunday. I was there Friday whenever um, Kyle Tucker hit his grand slam, and then – Lance McCullers hits the mound, and we had all wondered. And even a lot of our local radio guys even questioned is, does he need another week? Does he need another start? And he went out there, and he just proved to all of us, Lance McCullers is back. I mean, this guy, I think what he brings to the clubhouse, I think the fact that you have him and Justin Verlander um, going into the playoffs You know, they're going to make sure Verlander's not overused towards the end. But gosh, having Lance McCullers in there, your four starting pitchers for the playoffs now become one of the most potent in the postseason. And I think the only real staff that can hold a candle to us in the National League would be the Mets with the Grom and Scherzer. Um, I'm not necessarily worried about the other American League teams because last year we didn't have either JV or Lance, and Lance looked great. I didn't think he would pitch that well. Just I was giving him like a start or two, right? Man, he jumped in there, and he took the bull by the horns, and he did that thing that he does. You know, His whole bury me, bury me in the H mentality came out, and that bulldog mentality came out, and you'd love to see it.
2: Verlander obviously is the ace. Framer Valdez is your number two. Now that you got Lance McCullers, how do you make the rest of the rotation for the rest of the season?
0: You know, what they're doing is they're doing a six-man rotation the rest of the season because James Click says he wants to make sure that all his starters are getting time. And when they come across some weeks where they have a couple – days off where they're not necessarily back-to-back, but they're closer than, than normal, they're going to piggyback starters to keep their starters stretched out. So I think Lance will probably slot in there as maybe the third guy, but they will they will stick with Garcia. They'll stick with Javier. They'll stick with O'Keefe for right now. And maybe early September you see them start to formulate who their four starting pitchers are. And that's something we're going to do after Lance's second start. We're going to do an episode where Eric and I both give who our starting four would be going to the playoffs.
2: Then the other guys can simply be utilized as middle relievers, or do you think they just won't be on the playoff roster at all?
0: I have a hard time believing that any of these six starters would be left off the playoff roster. Now I know there's a limit to pitchers and it, now the ALDS may be different from the ALCS, and the rosters can be can can differentiate there. It depends on who they want to put more stock in. Because Javier, to me, would be my number four in in the playoffs. But then again, how do you deny Jose Arquidi? Who oh. Jose Arquiti lately has been one of the most consistent pitchers. In, in this rotation outside of Justin Verlander. And he's quietly having a very, very good year. No one's really talking about him. So he's going to be hard to leave off. They've got some hard decisions. This is not this is not a decision I would want to make. Um, I, I just think that at, at the end of the day, you have to go with a hot hand. And if you're starters, if you're moving them to the bullpen, you're just gonna have to. You're just gonna have to say, "Look, guys, you got a long reliever role. Or we need you to get some extra innings." It really could be a bullpen saver for them. If they're faltering like we're talking, it may not be a bad move to have some starters with consistency in a bullpen role.
2: We're talking with Brett Chancy of the Locked On Astros podcast. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. We're talking all things stros With as deep as this rotation is, and you got the more than likely the. A.L. Cy Young award winner, anchoring the staff, and you have all this other talented guy six deep, I don't see a scenario where you're going to be able to call up the best minor league pitcher on the face of the planet up and get him reps. I could be completely wrong. Uh, What do you think is going to happen with Brown?
0: I think they are going to hold on Brown, and I think patience is key with him. If you look at Jacob deGrom's career and the patience, the Mets exercise with him outside of an injury, um, which happens to a lot of pitchers, you know, I think Hunter Brown, for all intents and purposes, needs to start in spring training and work his way onto the rotation next year. If, if it were me running the team, simply because you've got the hottest team in baseball, you're in the middle of pretty big playoff run, do you want to subject him? Is he ready to take on that amount of pressure? Now, if you and I are talking and it's July 1st and we're saying, okay, Hunter Brown comes up, I would have brought him up early July. I just think we're too far into the season where it makes less sense long-term and this team doesn't really need it right now. And that's the, that's a luxury. That's something Hunter Brown doesn't want to hear. So I, I have talked to him a couple times at the field. And he absolutely wants to be at Minute Maid Park. But you got to do what's best for him and what's best for the club. And I don't think they're in that any kind of emergency mode to have to bring him up right now.
2: But why do you think it benefits him to go through spring training and get make it the roster that way instead of getting a random Tuesday spot start to get Verlander or McCullers a day rest and just bring him up for that? Why, why, why do you think, Why do you think that's more beneficial for him long term?
0: Well, I just think because you, you may run into a situation where maybe he doesn't have the success he's been having in AAA, and then if you bring him up for a short time and then drop him off the list for the playoff roster, I don't know. Maybe that is something that's in the mix. But for me, I, I would rather exercise patience with him and give him a little bit more time. Then again, James Click is the mastermind and there may be some scenarios like you mentioned where he could come up and he could make a spot start. But I I believe that you would have to um, you would have to do some moving around too of the of the rosters.
2: Well and, and that leads me to my other question is let's say I agree with you well, isn't James Click want to? Keep, isn't he going to want to keep all the pitchers that he has on staff this year for next season too? And if that's the case, then Brown doesn't have a spot next year either. Correct.
0: Yes, that is that is one hundred percent correct. Yes, that is that is very true. My my only question is um, whose spot does Hunter Brown take on the forty man roster? That's true, because he's not on the forty man roster. And I just I think next year. he's just going to have to fight for a spot. And uh, it is is a rare luxury that a team has literally six pitchers that are serviceable and which out of all those six, most of them would be at the very least a number three starter and some of them for others would be an ace. So I, I just, who do I take off the 40 man? Who's that casualty? And how does that look bringing him up? And do I bring him up with the hopes of him going into the postseason? Do I put a kid in that situation where he's never had postseason experience? Or, you know, Jeremy Pena was on the taxi squad for the playoffs last year.
6: That's right. And that
0: really helped him. But he was on the taxi squad. He didn't go out on the field. He didn't play. That's a little bit different scenario. Maybe they put him on the taxi squad. Maybe they give him playoff exposure. Maybe they work him in that way but it definitely is a conundrum that I'm glad I don't have to decide on.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. We, we, we don't have to make those decisions. Um, let me ask you this. Do you feel like Alex Bregman is, is turned a corner and that we're looking at him being an, a more consistent hitter, especially for the postseason?
0: Yeah. I mean, he's really barreling the ball. He is seeing the ball really well. I mean, he has amazing plate discipline. He he leads the team in walks. He's just phenomenal at the plate, seeing the right pitches. But his the position of the barrel of the bat going through the zone, making contact with the ball has has really gotten better, has improved. And one thing I learned about Alex Bregman because we watched him play at LSU when he was in college, and we and I've seen him go through his peaks and his valleys and his NBA, his near MVP season. And when this guy says he's working on it, he's absolutely working on it. And, you know, this guy went through a big life change this year. Let's, let's, I mean, having your first kid is, is no, is no small order. And I know people don't like to think about those things, but these are human beings. They're not superhuman people. And he had the injury last year. And I think he was probably, maybe still building up strength in his hand because the way he's hitting the ball right now. It's almost effortless. It looks like 2019 Bregman. And I think over time you're going to see Bregman finish up the season with one of his strongest performances. And I really hope that that goes into the postseason because if it does, Alex Bregman contributing, I think it's absolutely necessary for this team. All
2: right, bud, we'll get you out of here with this because I I noticed this last season and, and it's kind of happened again this year. Uh, It doesn't seem like Dusty Baker and James Click are on the same page when it comes to the way the team is constructed. We know Dusty was not happy with some of the moves that were made last year. It ended up paying off. They were the right moves and worked for the team. And we've seen what he's done with the moves this year that Click made, not necessarily embracing said moves. Is this going to be the last season with Dusty Baker at the helm of the Astros?
0: I really think it is. I think the understanding, as far as I know it, now this isn't because I have an inside source or anything, but Joe Espada has had no reason to turn down other major league jobs that he's interviewed for other than the fact that I think there's an under-the-table handshake that he will take over the club whenever Dusty Baker rides off into the sunset. And a perfect scenario, the Astros win the World Series, Dusty gets his ring, he retires. The question becomes, if they don't win the World Series, which I hate saying, they don't win, does Jim Crane bring him back for yet another season? I don't think it makes sense. I think you've done, Dusty, a great service. Dusty has served this team well. And although a lot of people don't like a lot of his moves here or there, I just don't see a scenario where he stays. I think it's more likely he goes, and I think Joe Espada is the heir apparent.
2: Brett, appreciate your time, as always. By the way, for all those listening, Brett's going to be a contributor now for 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. We'll be unveiling a weekly column from Brett. That'll be done later on today. Excited about what you're going to be doing for us for the station and can't wait to have you on every single week, brother. Thank you so much.
0: Hey, thank you, RP3. And to everybody going back to school this week, y'all be safe and kids hit those books because good grades make good citizens. Y'all have a good one.
2: There it is. Good grades make good citizens. I'll take that all day long. Brett can come back on every week just for saying that. That's Brett Chancy from the Locked On Astros podcast. And he's also going to start being a contributing columnist for us here at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. Got to make sure to check out his column about the return of Lance McCullers Jr. We'll have that posted later on today. Reminder, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Strohs are going to be taking on those Baltimore Orioles. That's right, the O's are in contention for the playoffs as well. They're going to be facing off here in just a few weeks, and you can see them live on Saturday, August 27th. Simply register in the Game Clubhouse to score yourself four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astro Weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian Houston Downtown, and The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. But you can only win them by being a member of our rewards club at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. we had got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up right here on The Game. 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros.
1: Do you think RP3 is the only nickname Ray has? Think again. Uh- there was Little
2: Veinant. There was Little Foot, Little Bubba. There was LD, which stood for Little Dufo. There was Ray Dog. There was Ray Diggity Dog. There was Fish. There was Fish Face. There was RP3. There was even Ramundo from El Segundo.
1: Back to the host with more nicknames than he knows what to do with. RP3, RP3. right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake, Lake Charles, Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: Oh, poll question of the day. Who's going to win the LSU QB battle? Who's going to duke it out? Who's going to win? Who's going to be the champion? Right now, 67% of you say Jaden Daniels 33% say Garrett Nussmeyer. now that Miles Brennan is gone deciding to not only leave LSU leave the program but he's hanging it up football is done he's done with it 6 years he was about to enter his 6th season and, and like it just never worked out for Miles talented kid coming out of high school one of the nation's top prospects but that's why I always tell you guys. This is in reference to a conversation that I had with Salty Steve off the air. That's why I always tell you guys: pump the brakes when it comes to the recruiting stuff. Just because you get, just because you get a four or five star, does not mean that's going to all of a sudden result in a national championship. Expectation was Brendan was going to come and tear it up. They make a coaching change. Ed Orgeron still locks him up. He's a skinny kid. They need to beef him up. That became a big thing for him, right? Because he's just just a skinny guy. The frame was skinny. But he nearly beat out Danny Etling as a freshman. Got redshirted, tried to put on some weight. Joe Burrow comes to town. They have a, a quarterback competition. Joe wins it. Justin McMillan leaves. Lindsey Scott Jr. leaves. Miles Brennan stays. Hurt his back, too, in 2018, if you remember. That was another one of those injuries. He 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 was always skinny, and then it was he had the back injury in 2018. Then he was the backup for 2019. Joe Burrow wins the Heisman, wins the national title. He gets handed the keys. It's his team. He's put on some weight. He looks a little bulkier. He takes on the leadership role after Joe leaves. All the reports from everyone was that he was the unquestioned guy, right? And he played well in those three games against SEC competition. He played well, put up some records, and then just a random hit. I remember when it happened and you're like, "Ah, oh. the abdomen issue that he had. By the way, he threw for 400 yards, stayed in the game, threw for 400 yards and four touchdowns in that game. Then doctors are like, we've never seen the tissue or the muscle be ripped off the pelvic and hip bone before like that. We need to do surgery on you, Miles, and we'd like to name it after you. And he's like, no. Gets healthy, comes back, going to be in the competition, with Max Johnson and Garrett Nussmeyer, particularly him and Max, we're going to battle it out. He's hanging out with friends at a camp. His flip-flop catches in between the boards on a deck, and he breaks his arm. Loses the season. Like, it just ain't happening. Then he goes to the transfer portal, and he's like, I, "I maybe I need to go somewhere else. I love LSU, but maybe I need to go somewhere else. Brian Kelly's like, nah, man, stay. He stays. And then from a lot of people, they're like, yeah, they may go with Miles, but Miles is not wowing anybody. Then they're like, hey, look, this is kind of like a two-horse race here. Sorry. And he's like, okay. It didn't work out. Love LSU. I'm just going to leave. Let these guys battle it out and let Walker Howard have some some reps. Could be the best thing for the program. And it may just be the best thing for Miles. JPK the Aldi says, I'm a little salty with Miles quitting. I was rooting for him, but that's his decision. But look on the bright side. The Strohs and the Yankees lost and the Mariners on another winning streak. The only thing that could make it better is if RP3 starts his fantasy football league. Read my tweets. <laughs> We are going to do the fantasy football league. We're not going to have a, a fantasy football draft party or anything like that. It will be online. We will get you the information. We'll share it on social media and we'll talk about it on our shows. We're going to have three leagues RP3 and Company League. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh. And then we're going to let Clint have a league. Yeah. We're going to let we're going to let CD have a league. So, we'll get you that information later on this week and then have you guys sign up for it. Not to worry. Not to worry. Steve says, this isn't UL. It's LSU and in Baton Rouge, they collect national championships. Quitters don't win them. No sympathy here. Turn the page and move on. Only thing Brennan made great was the attention he brought to today's show. <laughs> Dang, Steve. I, I will, I do have, a, I do wonder. If Miles Brennan's last name wasn't Brennan and was Smith, would you guys want to throw so much dirt on him? Because the perception is he's the rich kid, so why should I feel sorry for him? Right? Yeah, If his name was, you know, Smith or something, I wonder if you guys would say that. Just, just saying. Just saying. And quitters don't win them i just like to point out that Joe Burrow and Danny Etling quit on their former teams and came to LSU. i just like to point that out. And that the guy who may be the starting quarterback for LSU this year quit on being at Arizona State to be at LSU. So it's a dangerous game you play when you want to tab people quitters. Just like to point that out. Just like to point that out. Uh, and, and your head coach, by the way, quit on his other team that he was coaching to come be the coach of your team so yeah just 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 it's a slippery slope there i'd be a little cautious throwing out the quitter term on people all the time ralph says i think they go daniels but with expectations low for this season i'd roll with nussmeyer and get ready for him to battle walker howard next year keep those votes coming on the poll question of the day leave your comments on facebook and twitter we got to take a timeout. when we return it's time for us to shift gears and talk about the vermilion and white secondary is a little banged up trey amos is out zion hill's a little limited what is jay walker seen at fall camp and what was his impressions from saturday's scrimmage we'll talk with jay the longtime voice of the raging cajuns next right here on rp3 and company you're listening to the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station and your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros Camara bubbles it at the 20. He reels it in and he's got the ball!
1: What a catch by Camara! You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the NFL. <laughs>
2: Uh, The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our Rewards Club, you're going to have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou. You want something a little bit more casual? Don't want to dress up or have to dress up for that fine dining experience? Not to worry. What about a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, also at Cypress Bayou? And you can also score yourself a $50 gift certificate to a Acadiana Bar and Grill. But look, you can only win those great prizes to help you with your date night blues by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. It's time for us to talk all things Rage and Cajun's with the man who serves as the voice of the Vermilion and White, our good friend, Mr. Jay Walker. Jay, good morning to you, brother. How are you? I'm
5: terrific. I um, I got up at a decent hour. I'm wide awake. I've had coffee. It just doesn't get much better.
2: My man, living his best life. All right, bud. Trey Amos, the former Catholic High of New Iberia star, he's going to be one of the anchors of that secondary along with Braylon Trahan and others. But he's a little banged up right now. They, they're they holding him out, uh, you know, trying to make sure that he's healthy for the season. Um, what about the depth in the secondary? Who's going to have to step up or who rather has an opportunity to show what they can do with Trey kind of being sidelined right now?
5: You know, there are some positions that you can still afford to have injuries, but I don't think the defensive backfield is one of those. I... I think there's good depth back there. I think Amir McDaniel is going to uh, give a shot to show what he can do, but this is a guy who's already played a lot of football for the Cajuns. I know Mike yesterday talked about a, a couple of newcomers that he likes, but uh, they're going to be fine there. Uh, you know, they're going to they're going to miss Trey until he comes back, but um, it, it's not like they don't have some folks that can play because they do.
2: Trey's going to be out a little while. So that's going to be, you know, an issue. But like you said, there's plenty of depth going on. A lot of depth to a lot of guys that are going to be able to step up. You know, we've talked about this before, Jay. It seems like the deepest part of this team is its defense. And even with guys that aren't starters, they got a ton of playing time. Just how talented and deep is the defensive side of the football for the Cajuns?
5: I don't know that they're particularly deep at linebacker, um, Ray, but I, I think on the defensive line and the defensive backfield, you've know, you, you got a lot of guys that can play football. Um, but, yeah, I think there's more depth on the defense than there than there is in the offense. Um, more proven depth, I guess uh, I want to put it. You know, the, they, they're they going to have to have a, a couple of guys step up at linebacker because um, they're a little inexperienced on the inside after uh, Moncrief and Clivido um, but the, the the rest of the defense has good depth. I mean, uh, you know, there there are guys on the uh, on the defensive line that could probably start for anybody in the Sun Belt that are backups for the Cajuns. So, um, that the line and and the defensive backfield, I think they're in good shape.
2: Let's go on the offensive side of the oh, offensive side of the football. Who stood out to you at the practices that you've seen and during the scrimmages at running back behind Chris Smith? Who stood out?
5: I am not um, any more uh, able to go to practice than you are. You know, practices are closed, and so I haven't seen any.
2: You're, are you um, trying to tell me that practices are closed to even the illustrious Mr. Jay Walker? That's what you're trying to tell me.
5: I, um, I, I you know, I'm honestly, I, I suppose if I requested permission, it would be granted. Um, I am going to go to the scrimmage on Saturday. Um, but I... You know, again, I think that um, they're talking a lot about Kabodi. So evidently he's stepping up, and he might be one of the guys behind Chris Smith. Uh, And I know they like Terrence Williams a lot. Um, Those are the two guys whose names I keep hearing. Um, But we we still have a couple of weeks uh, for guys to separate themselves. But those are the two names that I'm hearing the most.
2: All right, bud. What about offensive line? I know there's some guys that have some experience that have some talent. How do you think that's that unit's going to shake out for the upcoming season?
5: They got to stay healthy. Um, the, I, I think there's, I think there's uh, a lot of guys there, but man, they got so many guys who are unproven, and and they've got some guys that they're counting on in their top eight who have had a history of, uh, of not being healthy. You know, they've had trouble staying healthy. Um, it, I, you know, that's a position of concern, and, and I think it was one, you know, from the get-go uh, that people looked and said, oh, yeah, okay, you know, because, look, you lost a bunch of guys. And um, like I said, you know, the, the other guys, a lot of them are coming off injuries. One of them, um, you know, Carlos Rubio missed the whole season last year because of injury. They can't, they can't afford for guys to get hurt at that position. You know, Mike said you got to have eight. I think, um, you know, talking to to some of the some of the coaches, uh, you know, I think that they feel comfortable with with eight. But man, if they have guys go down, they're going to be in trouble there. I think.
2: Wide receiver is a position of immense depth. Jefferson LeBlanc are probably your two top dogs in that position group, right? Jay, is that what you're thinking?
5: Yeah, you know those are the two guys that um, I, I, you know, I, I think have got have proven themselves the best. I guess is a good way to put it. Now, you know, I, I think we talked about this last week. Keep an eye on Neil Johnson because with what the Cajuns plan to do offensively. They're going to use the intermediate passing game more this year than they have in the past, and I think that's perfect for Neil Johnson. He's going to get a lot of opportunities. He's got a, he's got a chance to really thrive in this offense, and um, you know, with his size and the fact he can run a little bit, man, he could be a real weapon. Keep an eye on him.
2: Talking with Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns. We're talking football camp here for the vermilion and white on rp3 and company it's a two horse race so to speak at quarterback uh every time we hear from coach des it seems like the decision to name the starter is going to be probably right up to the beginning of the season is that how you view it you think a decision is not going to be made until game week of the opener
5: um you know he said from the very beginning he was going to name a starter by the 22nd which is next monday now, judging by what he said yesterday, sounds like he's hedging on that just a little bit. Right. But, you know, but he's, he has said the 22nd. And uh, so on uh, next Monday, when he stands um, before the, uh, the media, if he does not name uh, a starting quarterback, somebody in the audience, probably you, is going to ask why.
2: Either uh either it will be yours truly, or it will be Kevin. One of us will will take care of that question. um Do you have confidence in whoever it is to be able to run this offense? They're not going to be Levi Jay, but uh, they can you know still do a really good uh, good work there. You have confidence in either one of the guys?
5: They they they've got talent. You know, I mean, they've got they've got ability, and I um, whoever Mike decides is going to be the quarterback um is is going to be fine you know they i i think that they've got some talent at that position and and honestly i think the talent even goes past the first two you know they got some guys who perhaps aren't ready yet um but i think they've got a lot of talent at the quarterback position whoever whoever he decides on is going to be fine
2: all right bud we'll get you out of here with this with a uh... Poops question. I know you didn't go with Bob Marlin and the team to Puerto Rico. Uh, Yeah,
1: and I'm
5: upset about that.
2: (laughs) I know, but you know, uh, these things, in my experience, usually pay off really well when it comes to building team chemistry. In the era of the transfer portal and so much turnover, how important, how beneficial could this trip to Puerto Rico be for Bob Marlin's team?
5: Um, In in the in the fall of 2013, uh, the Cajuns had one of these excursions to Spain. And that year, in 2014, they won the conference tournament, went to the NCAA tournament. A few years ago, they went to Cuba. That team won 27 games at a regular season championship. So I think, I think history answers that question for you. Uh, I, I think it's huge that they've gotten to go. You know the fact that they went doesn't guarantee they're going to win a championship, but um, you know when it what, what's the old saying? When it happens once, it's a fluke. When it happens twice, it's a trend. Um, I, I can't I can't stress how important that trip is. Um, they and and I'll tell you, I watched all three games, and this is a team that's that's got some talent. Um, they've got some some new guys I think that are going to contribute. Uh, to this team, and the fact that they've been able to, to build a little more chemistry, uh, as you mentioned, I think is really, really big. Um, I, I'm looking forward to this basketball season. I, I have, I have high expectations for this uh, for this team this year, and I hope I'm not disappointed.
2: Jay, it's never disappointing when you come on the airwaves with us, brother. Appreciate your time. Enjoy your week enjoy checking out the scrimmage this coming weekend bud and we'll talk to you next Tuesday.
5: I'll look forward to it. Thanks so much.
2: It's Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns joining us here on RP3 in company. Woo. Good stuff by Jay. Good stuff from Jay. We got to take a timeout. Check in on the old poll question of the day. Who's going to win the LSU quarterback battle now that Miles Brennan has hung it up and retired from football, not only from LSU, but from playing college football altogether? Right now, you guys say it's going to be the Arizona State transfer, Mr. Jaden Daniels. Got all that experience. You think that he's going to be winning the job. 67% of you say that. 33% say Garrett Nussmeyer. Some of the callers have mentioned this, and you guys have mentioned this with some of your comments as well. I'm just going to throw this out there. I would not be surprised whatsoever if we see both quarterbacks play this year. Like, I just, I just wouldn't. Maybe not a traditional two-quarterback system, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see Garrett Nussmeyer if he doesn't win the starting job, gets plenty of playing time throughout the season. I, I just, I don't know, something tells me now that Miles is out both Daniels and Nussmeier have similar kind of skill sets. I would not be surprised at all if you see both of them play considerably this year. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and the Twitter. Who that Forever wants to say, hey, Miles was never promised a starting job. He was promised the opportunity to compete, which he got. even if he was promised the starting job, Brennan wouldn't tell us because he just wouldn't do that. I've said the kid from Arizona State was probably promised the starting job. Now, coaches can sit there and tell us, no, that's not what was happening. Oh, we just told him if he comes here, he can compete. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. That's going to do it for our number two. Keep those votes coming for our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Two hours down, but not to worry. We're going to finish strong. William Weathers from Tiger Rag, the Bible of LSU sports, is going to join us to kick off our number three. We're going to talk Miles Brennan's decision and other storylines coming out of LSU fall camp. That's up next right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Whoa.
0: Everything, everything,
1: everything going to be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3.
2: Our number three has arrived on this Tuesday edition of RP3 and Company. Two hours in the books. They've been a a good two hours. We had Brett Chancey on from the Locked On Astros podcast. We had Jay Walker on, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns. But we spent the majority of today's show talking about the Miles Brennan news that came out yesterday. Entering his sixth season with the program the often injured and oddly injured heralded high school quarterback who never really had a chance to seize that opportunity to be the starting quarterback at LSU, decided to hang it up. Not transferring, not going to go anywhere else, not going to go to JUCO, not going to go down to Northwestern State University or anything like that. No, he's decided to hang it up. let talk more about that. What that does for the QB room and his thoughts from fall camp so far, the first one under new head coach Brian Kelly, is our good friend from Tiger Rag, the Bible of LSU sports. The associate editor, William Weathers, joins us now. William, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend?
6: I'm doing good. I'm just trying to try to figure out how I'm going to try to follow, follow in the footsteps of Jay Walker. Because that's a very difficult, uh, tr- but I'm going to do my best.
2: Well bud, Bob Nightingale's got to follow you. So I mean, he's even got a harder a job. So you put you put Bob in a you put Bob in a bad position there, brother. So <laughs> not necessarily stunning news about Brennan, right? I mean, some of us thought we could have seen this earlier in the year or even after spring ball or anything like that. Um but what do you make of Brennan's decision just to hang it up with football altogether?
6: Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I thought uh, if he truly, you know, kind of still had the desire to play, he'd have left after the spring. Because I think, you know, even though nothing was really implemented systematically wise, system wise, he was not going to be, in my mind, be able to carry out what they, you know, Coach Denbrock and, and Kelly wanted out of their quarterbacks. Uh, I'm, I'm very, you know, just surprised that they were able to keep him around. And keep this this rotation, uh, excuse me, this uh, competition going through the summer, and into this, and into into camp. And it just it was just obvious uh, if you were either at practice or, or watch, uh, you know, even school puts out video, and uh, to, to having a mobile quarterback. I'm, I'm not sure in the order of priority where it was for them, but it's obviously very high. Was not something he could do, and it it became painfully obvious. Uh, we were at we had uh, open uh, practice last Thursday, which not it was not a scrimmage, it was just it was a practice with with peri- uh, team periods and stuff, and that's when uh, Nussmeier was limited, and he still really wasn't getting you know obviously the front line snaps, so you you knew that the, the end could be near.
2: Watching him practice and watching him play before the injury a few years ago, that doctors wanted to name after him if they performed the surgery because how rare it was the guy that you saw this time around wildly different. I mean, could you tell that it just wasn't the same guy that the body just wasn't there?
6: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's, he tried to compensate, you know, cause he was, he came in and he, uh, I saw you heard, well, he needs to put on more weight. He needs, but well, he actually looked a little out of sorts in terms of his, I don't know what is his body. I mean, it was, let's say North of two fifteen maybe. And, um, uh, what little mobility he had at already was was even further, I thought, diminished. So he he just did wow. not look the same uh, physically in in, in all and in, in, uh, through camp. So I, yeah, I, I definitely agreed. He he definitely looked different.
2: Let's go back to Brian Kelly's decision to convince him, and it didn't take a lot of convincing, right? To come out of the transfer portal, why do that? Was it just insurance policy to make sure you had a quarterback on the roster, even though? He was inheriting Garrett Nussmeyer and he was recruiting other guys?
6: Yeah, I think he, he you know, he was first and foremost, they wanted to, you know, through all their moves and their transfer portal was about creating competition. And um, that's you know, I don't know you know, Miles never disclosed what other options there were you know, he said that people had contacted him. Well to me, if they were valid and um, yeah, I guess fit his skill set I thought he would he would have never left it he well he would have transferred elsewhere, um, he just again it'll be back to the quality of why people will continue to, to really f- feel fondly of him is because he loved LSU he you know he he I guess he he was open to the message that, that Coach Kelly had which was about coming back and and trying to to win the job and you know and again knowing what the system was going to be like and which seems far fetched but he was willing to give it an opportunity and try and and be a good teammate, and he tried. So it it did not work out. But I think it's all about trying to, you know, at least get through camp uh, with four quarterbacks, and here we are now we're down to three.
2: We're down to three. The third one, of course, is Walker Howard, former STM Cougar star. His father played quarterback at LSU back in the day. He's a legacy guy. But he's the guy for the future, right? They don't want to use him this year they do, they would like to redshirt him i would assume so this is really a two-horse race now who has the leg up between daniels and nussmeyer at the quarterback position
6: well wait, tomorrow is a uh, first scheduled scrimmage uh in tiger stadium which we uh are scheduled to see and we'll have a much better feel uh and answer to that question but i think i think it's nussmeyer um just you know again you the little you get 30 minutes of practice uh, before and then, of course the one time we had an extended time to see him play he was limited because he had an ankle injury so uh I, I just think for what they're asking to do now I'm not saying Jay, Jay Daniels is right there with him now uh Jay has come a long way that you know uh coach you know Joe Sloan Mike Denbrock have worked with him a lot I mean he brought the most experience uh over from Arizona State having you know played a number of games he played in and won the number of games he, he won uh including a bowl game uh being able to, to be able to, to keep, you know, keep, you know, extend plays, you know, use his feet. And, uh, you know, we saw a lot of him this past, like last past Thursday, more short intermediate stuff. So I don't know really where he is with his accuracy down the field. Cause it was not very, uh, was not very, uh, a big part of his game in the spring and to his credit to, to, to give him a benefit of the doubt. He, he, he did get there late uh, in the spring. So I'm interested really, with a with a keen eye tomorrow to watch how he develop how he throws and uh, able to get kind of execute the uh, offense vertically,
2: William. What's the likelihood that we're they're going to play both quarterbacks this season?
6: I think I think extremely high. Um, I, I I don't know if it's going to you know, it's not what he Coach Kelly wants to do by nature. You know, he's, he's kind of he's let his let his feelings be known that he we prefer one. Uh, I just think the nature, with, whether it's injury or ineffectiveness, will lend itself to like let's and you know you can't bench somebody because then now you're you know you you hold the, the whole psychological part of being able to bring that guy back. Uh, but just maybe for a, if it's a different look, uh, uh, flow of the game, I, I, I don't think it's going to be just. I don't think it's just going to be one guy.
2: We're talking with William Weathers. He's the associate editor of Tiger Rag, which is the Bible of LSU sports. He joins us here in RP3 and company. All right, let's shift off from quarterbacks. Let's talk about that offensive line. Uh, they had experience the last couple of years, and the offensive line was mediocre at best. I'm trying to be kind and nice this morning. It's still early in the morning. What have you seen from the offensive line, and how much better do they look so far through camp?
6: Well, it's a it's a totally you know new look. Um, even even with the return of guys like Cameron Wire, uh, who would who would have been the ret- one returning starter, they have going back to kind of creating competition and developing some depth. This is as of right now, and again, I'll, I'll know more tomorrow. But there's five new starters right now, and Gary Dellinger is a center who was a guard and tackle last year. They have done a very, you know, an interesting job of developing depth, and hopefully, you know, I using camp to, to develop the continuity, because it's, you know you have two new guys, you know, with Tremont Shorts and Miles Frazier at guard, who both obviously were not part of the program last year, and in you know, unprecedented, and I guess we'll, we'll, we'll find a statistic here soon. If Will Campbell does indeed start at left tackle, how many true freshmen uh, have started at LSU? Uh, and you know maybe have a four-year career. So it's either it's, it's either an indictment about the line, or I think it's more it's better an example of how good and how potentially good Will Campbell is at left tackle, and then Anthony Bradford, who was no longer he didn't play the entire 2021 season, is a right tackle right now. That's that's you know that I guess that's calls for pause because that's five new guys, and you got to see how they're going to come along and develop. And then they've developed you know, uh, depth behind them. You know, uh, even Emory Jones, going back to a true freshman from Calvin Highs, right now was running with the two. So they've got two true freshmen in their top two units. So uh, I still think it's, it's still still to be seen, but they've, cre- they've, they've created a lot of depth, and I feel like they, you know, they're versatile. You know, Fitzgerald West, Mel C.A., uh, is, is, is your two or three center. You know, as you know, guy who made his, his name there as a defensive lineman is converted, and it's shown pretty well.
2: You, you mentioned Fitzgerald, and he's doing pretty well. You mentioned Will Campbell. These are young guys. These are freshmen. A guy that was one of the most hyped-up recruits in modern LSU history, I don't hear anything about, and that's Cardell Thomas. Is this cat ever going to get on the field and actually be a consistent contributor for the Tigers?
6: He's in that uh, that rotation right now where he is like behind uh... – Miles Frazier, he's like, he's a two-guard right now. Wow. So he, he conceivably, yes, he, he could. Uh, but, again, back to the youth movement. Bo Bordelon, who I, I thought was still, he could still be ticketed for a redshirt, has worked his way up at left tackle, uh, you know, like in that twos and threes. So there's another young guy. Uh, so of the four guys who signed from Louisiana, they're all right now in, in, in playing roles or, or in position to do just that. But Cardell... Still, I mean, I don't know what his playing weight or his, his ideal weight supposed to be. He still looks big. So does Anthony Bradford. But um, to answer your question, I think Cardell is at least on the right side and he's getting reps.
2: Has to be a breakout year for him, though. I mean, it, with I, look, and we can have this discussion another time, William, about guys that play at small schools and he really dominated the competition. I don't know if it's a weight thing with him. I don't know if it's going from you being the baddest guy on the block to now you face off with guys that are also were the baddest guys on their blocks, right? So I don't know if it's one of those classic kind of things, but it is fascinating to me about Cardell Thomas never really yet to develop into a viable starter for this team, especially a team that's needed offensive line help in the last few years. Let's switch over to defense. Lots of questions in the secondary How's that shaking up as we progress through camp?
6: Um, like the offensive line is gonna—it's gonna be a lot of new faces, especially you know Jay Ward, kind of your constant back there at safety. Uh, but you know all the corners, you know which have played have played a lot of football at other schools. You know Makai Garner for the Cajuns, for example. Seven banks from Ohio State have um, have gotten you know uh, uh, Jared. Bernard Converse from Oklahoma State—they've all got Division One experience. They've, they've all excelled at other schools, but can they develop the continuity and, and have that communication that that's so vital uh, to, to successful secondary play? And um, you know, even um, they just had a kid; his last name escapes me right now, who uh, transferred from McNeese uh, Richardson's his Richardson, last name Colby. DC? Yeah. He's yeah. He, uh, Colby Richardson has gotten on the field and played significant snaps. So, so it goes back to this is this is going to be an interesting position to watch going forward because it's it's such there's so many new faces, you know. And we haven't really mentioned you know Demarius McGee played in the bowl game. He's, you know he played one game as a you know from uh, as a true freshman last year. You know you don't even really see those guys in the in the in the, in the two deep. But he's right below them, uh, so, but say, you know Sage Ryan, you know. Um, was, uh, major Burns, both guys who missed time last year with injuries, are, are now back in the mix with Todd Harris at safety. Uh, you know, so there's they've they've, they've 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 built some depth and they've got some experienced guys. But now it's a it's a matter you know of developing chemistry and, and continuity because I, I mean it's, it was obviously a very uh, position of need because they they really gave up that big play last year and I think something that will aid them will be the improvement in how good their front line will be, because I think they're going to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback.
2: William, appreciate your time, as always. Uh, tell the people when can they get the latest issue, when is that drop of Tiger Rag, and where they can go to get all the great work that you and Tim Buckley are doing over there for the Bible of LSU sports.
6: Well, we were able to uh, finish the uh, 2022 preview uh, last week. It's, it has dropped – uh, in the Baton Rouge area, if you're a subscriber, you, you should hopefully have received that in the mail. It's uh, tigerrag.com. We have uh, was referred to flipping books, so you can go on the uh, site and get, you, know, you can click in it and, you know, flip the pages, you know, use the magnifying glass for those who age like I am to be able to <laughs> bring up those words and be able to view it. So it's, it is, uh, it is at most uh, newsstands in Baton Rouge, uh, it's online at tigerrag.com and you can always see, uh, you know, you can pick up a copy if you happen to be uh, in the area as well You know, or call our office. And I guess, you know, there's a, a, a fee, but uh, we, we did get it out. We put most of that content has been uh, on our website as well. So it's there for your viewing uh, to, you know, positional groups and the, and, the, and the nice features we've had from, you know, cover guy, you know, Keishon Boutte from, from New Iberia on down.
2: William, appreciate your time. As always, brother, keep up the tremendous work and I'll see you I guess I'll see you inside the Superdome in a few weeks on that Sunday for the opener against Florida
6: State, my friend. Or in Pineville for the LSU LS, LS, the
2: There, that's right, bud. That's right. We got to meet up in uh, Alexandria, Pineville for our, our big vote. Yeah, that's that's right. right. That's right. Well, I'll we'll see, see you then. then. But I also see in the Superdome too, though, right? Uh, uh, as of right now, yes. <laughs> as a, I like that. As of right now, spoken like a true veteran print journalist, my my <laughs> friend. Appreciate your time, bud. I'll see you in Take a, a little bit. That's William Weathers, associate editor of Tiger Rag, breaking all things down for us. And look, and, and, and that's why I wanted to have William on this morning because I'd been told by a few others that the way Miles looked, he looked off. Like, yeah, he was out there, but you could tell that he was just off. When you have an injury that doctors want to name after you, due to a surgery, that's usually something you don't come back from. And now, would he have looked better last year? Probably not, to be honest with you. But he looks, hey, he's hanging it up. And I'm surprised. Our our poll question, you guys say you think it's Daniels. William says he thinks it's maybe going to be Nussmeier, but he says it's really close. So the last couple weeks of camp is going to help decide who's going to be the starting quarterback for LSU. But when I asked him, hey, you're going to see both guys play a lot this year? And he's like, yeah. (laughs) So there you go. we got to take a timeout. We'll take your phone calls. We want to rack to the great interviews we've had, talking Astros, talking Cajuns, talking LSU. Get those phone calls in. Now would be the time because coming up in about 12 minutes, Bob Nightingale, from USA Today, Major League Baseball reporter, columnist, is going to be joining us. That's going to be next, coming up in about 10 minutes. We'll take your phone calls next, though. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: Hey. RP3 is known for being a well-tempered and thoughtful sports journalist.
2: The incompetence, the absolute abundance of arrogance from Rob Manford makes me want to punch him in his throat.
1: Okay, well, we all have our bad days.
2: I'm not kidding. If he was right here in the studio, I would walk up to him and throw him a punch.
1: Well... Let's all hope he took his meds today. Back to hopefully a calm and collected RP3 on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest, Southwest Louisiana's, Louisiana's sports station. Sports
2: station. Oh, Delta Media is your home for thrilling high school football. This season lineup includes... St. Thomas Moore on the game, 1037 Lafayette. Acadiana High on MeTV FM, 97.7 FM and 1330 AM. Karen Crow was going to be on Z1059. South Side's going to be on Mustang 1071. The Vermilion Parish Game of the Week will be on 1063 Radio Lafayette. The St. Landry Parish Game of the Week will be on News Talk, 98.5 FM. And the Bar Buccaneer are going to be on the game one o four one Lake Charles. Make sure to download each station's free mobile app. That way you can listen to your favorite teams at home or on the road this coming season. Delta Media is your home for Friday night football. Let's check in on the poll question of the day. Who will win the LSU QB battle? James says, Daniels, I'm a little salty with Miles quitting because I was rooting for him. But that's his decision. But look on the bright side. The Strohs and the Yankees lost while the Mariners are starting another winning streak. Another comment about the Fantasy Football League. Another one. (laughs) Y'all are maniacs. Blaine uh, on uh, Facebook says Daniels has a slight lead. Blake says Daniels QB1 to start the season, but Nussmeyer finishes the season as QB1. You know what? I, I could see that. I could see Daniels being the guy. the 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 word on him, though, is the footwork needs to improve, and they've been working on it since the spring. If it doesn't get corrected, I, I just it just feels like they're going to play both quarterbacks this year, right? It, it just feels that way. It just really does. Jude on Facebook says appears to be Daniels. Blaine also says on Facebook. Daniels and Nuss stayed and worked with wide receivers, even though it wasn't mandatory. Miles went fishing. He didn't show the urgency to start. Brennan screwed up retiring. When LSU picks starter, good chance others transfer. Then Miles is the backup. He's one play away or three or three interception game by Nuss or Daniels from becoming the starter. I don't know what fishing has to do with anything. But if the guy doesn't feel like he's got it in him, then he doesn't need to be on the team. I mean, plain and simple. Like He he doesn't need to be on the team. If he feels like I'm done, then he's done. That, that's how that works. I mean, he stuck through being the backup. He stuck through going through a back injury. He stuck through going through a, a strange, crazy injury. He stuck with the program, graduated, did everything that you're supposed to do. If he feels like he's not quitting LSU to go play somewhere else, he's quitting football. That tells me that he just doesn't have it in him. Also tells me that his body's pretty much kind of broken down a little bit, too. Heard Williams say he didn't look right. Didn't look as mobile as the other guys. Eh, That's a problem. That's a problem. Just saying. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on Jared to the show. Jared, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind, my friend? I got a couple minutes, and they're yours. Good morning, RP3PO. Uh, <laughs> like that, I haven't heard that in a while. Thank you, Bud. <laughs> you know, I'm
4: honestly going to say I, I'm like you. I was pulling for Miles Brennan. I really was. Kind of disappointed that he left. Kind of disappointed in the in the fashion that he left. But I did speak with Kevin earlier last week about this, and I, I don't think anyone ever really kind of brought it up or thought about it. Um, you know, if if Miles Brennan is still on the team and Jaden Daniels is on the team and Nussmeyer. Gets the job, okay? Miles Brennan is a six-year player. Jaden Daniels transferred as a fifth year. Yeah, I have a feeling if if Nussmeier wins that job, LSU loses to to the transfer portal. They lose Miles Brennan and Jaden Daniels. Uh, that was my fear.
2: I think Jared. I that, think I think that's why you're seeing this be a competition longer than anticipated, right? right. Because I, I be, because so. you're hedging your bets here. That okay. Now it's a two horse race. All right, guys. And, and and look, they he may he may have to play both of them. Right. Honestly, it, it, that may be I, what happens.
4: I think the sad the sad fact is that you're right. Is that he's going to have to play both of them to keep both of them satisfied. Because uh, you know, in, in essence. Jaden Daniel, the oldest one with the most experience, you know, coming from Arizona, uh, he was a starter, he's a fifth-year senior. Nussmeyer, technically a sophomore. Uh, and Walker Howard patiently waiting in the, in the wings. So you could say Jaden Daniels, Nussmeyer, and then Howard, but I'm going to be honest. I, last year when it was going down with Brad Johnson, uh, I kind of found that Nussmeyer had a bit of an – not a chip on a shoulder, but a bit of an attitude. And I thought he was just seconds away from transferring himself. So uh, if it's if it's Jaden Daniels and no reps for Nussmeyer, you may still lose Nussmeyer to the transfer and then LSU's left with
2: two quarterbacks. Yeah, That and that and you're exactly correct. Jared, I appreciate the phone call, brother. Enjoy your day, my friend. All
4: right, Ray. Take care. Thank
2: you. Yeah, and he, look, Jared brings up a good point here about losing Somebody else. I, I think what you're going to see, I I don't think they anticipated Nussmeyer's development. And what I mean by that is Nussmeyer needed to develop, and then he progressively gotten better through spring ball. So that's why they go out and they're like, hey, Miles, stick around. Please come back. And they go and get the kid from Arizona State because I don't think Brian Kelly and his staff believed that Nussmeyer was going to progress as quickly as he did. And from people that cover the team on a daily basis, they say you saw it in spring ball and it's continued through fall camp where Nussmeier is picking up the offense and he's gotten better. I think that took the coaching staff by surprise. And now you have a guy who may be just as good as the guy with all the experience. And now you're going to have to figure out which one you go with. I still think they're probably going to play both. We got to take a timeout. When we return, we'll bring on our final guest of this Tuesday edition of RP3 and Company, Bob Nightingale, Major League Baseball reporter columnist, will join us. That's all coming up next, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the best local sports stock in Southwest Louisiana.
2: Are you sick and tired of that constant pain in your knees or your hips or your back, especially this time of year? You need to be moving pain free, am I right? Look, it's RP3, Raymond Parch the third, for the team at QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics is helping people here every day, giving them lasting pain relief using the latest advances in regenerative medicine. The science is simple. They concentrate your own body's healing agents and apply them to your aching joints, restoring and repairing damaged tissue with no drugs, no steroids, and no surgery. Listen, the old remedies for pain are not the only remedies. You need to learn more about how regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics can change your life. Make this the last summer you suffer from chronic pain. They've got clinics here and all over America. This is an exciting new natural way to deal with joint pain with no side effects and no downtime. Call QC Kinetics now for a free consultation. That's 337-243-4222. That's 337-243-4222. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. Who do you think is going to win the QB battle now at LSU that Miles Brennan has announced his retirement from the sport? But right now, it's time for us to talk Major League Baseball with a man who covers it better than most from the USA Today Network. Our good friend Bob Nightingale joins us now. Bob, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend?
7: Yeah, doing well, Erby. All
2: right, bud. Let's start with Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, another guy says he's mistakenly ingested a banned substance. That's become a cliche now. How damning is the eighty game suspension, and and how bad is this for the Padres' chances of making the postseason?
7: Well, the Padres should not make the postseason. There's only you know seventeen going for six spots. Uh, they've gotten this far without him. You know he was out all year with the broken wrist. But I mean, he damages his uh, you know credibility forever. You know nobody believes he took that for a ringworm. Uh, I think they googled the wrong name. Uh, so. He's supposed to address a team. I've never seen uh, players and uh, a GM lash out back at him instead of supporting him, saying it's time to grow up. Uh, you want to be part of this team or not? So he's got to fly back to San Diego just to talk to the uh, players and calm everybody down. But, you know, he'll be he'll taking that forever. Uh, I mean, everybody will always attach steroids to his name.
2: The Padres, the way they are built, they're not gonna they're not gonna catch the Dodgers who are running away with the National League West, but they can lock up one of the wild card spots. Does San Diego have enough pitching to do so?
7: They do have the pitching. It's kind of scary. I mean, when you have uh Joe Musgrove and Hugh Darvish and Blake Snell, uh that's a powerful one through, uh, one through three. Mike Cleminger, number four. So they they definitely have the pitching, and then they got Josh Hader as their as their closer. Uh, we'll see. You know, Soto helps the offense, but you know they would be a much more scary team if Tatis was back. Uh, but still, a, still a very good team. I mean, it may be uh, catastrophic if they don't make the playoffs. Uh, but Milwaukee's starting to fade here a little bit, so we'll see what happens. Like I said, just 17 going for six spots, so they're still sitting pretty.
2: Let's stay in the National League. Dodgers are obviously have the best record in all of baseball. The Padres are in the mix there in the West. What about the Giants? How do you feel about them as it stands right now on Tuesday, August the 16th?
7: I think it's just a little short. They're still sitting five and a half out. Uh, You know, it's starting to become a big number as we we wind down August. So uh, if they make it, I don't see them going far. I think, you know, you know, if they really thought they were in it, they would. You know, they would have made some trades and said they kind of, you know, dealt away some players like, you know, like Darren Ruff. Um, so I'd be surprised if they make it. If they make it, I, I just don't see them going far at all.
2: Let's switch over to the Central. Cardinals and Brewers have been battling it out for most of the season. Uh, St. Louis has a two-game cushion over Milwaukee. You mentioned that you feel like Milwaukee's fading a little bit here. They're four and six in their last ten, Bob. Uh, How do you think the Central's going to end up? Is it going to be St. Louis?
7: It should be. They have a much easier schedule. Uh, You got two guys fighting for the MVP award, and Paul Goldschmidt and Lola Renato picked up two starters at the deadline uh, with Montgomery and Quintana. So I I, I like their chances. I think they can be a a sneaky, dangerous team, too. And everybody's talking about the Dodgers, uh, Mets, Atlanta. But, they, uh, you know, they could, they could surprise some, pe- some people. Uh, but they should win the division. I think Milwaukee underestimated the value of Josh Hader. They thought they could win without him. And that bullpen has kind of struggled since. And the players went ballistic when they saw that uh, Hader was traded. So they lost a bunch of games right after that, just uh, having the clubhouse so upset.
2: Why did the Brewers make that move?
7: They just thought they could win without him. They thought, okay, we're going to trade him the offseason anyway. We don't want to pay $16, $17 million to a closer, uh, no matter how good he is. Uh, let's get some reinforcements. We think Devin Williams can step up and do the job. Uh, but, you know, that being said, you know, Josh Haters is, just, you know, by the best reliever in baseball, you know, since the end of the league, you know, 17 or 18 after he got to Milwaukee. So it, it hasn't been the same since he left.
2: We're talking with Bob Meingale from USA Today. He covers Major League Baseball. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. Let's switch over to the NL East. Mets, 75 wins. They just keep on rolling with DeGrom and and Scherzer, and and they got the bats to go along with it. Braves are four and a half back in that division as well. Look, Atlanta is your defending World Series champs. They made a great run last year. They're probably not going to catch the Mets, right, Bob? But, you know, do you think Atlanta still poses a huge threat to the other teams in the National League come playoff time?
7: Oh, I do. I I still think the uh, National League pennant goes to Atlanta. You know, they won four straight division titles. Uh, You know, one game away from the World Series uh, two years ago. They won all last year. Uh, I'm not even conceding the uh, National League East yet. I mean, they uh, just blew out. The Mets last night, 13-1. they still got six more games left against the Mets in Atlanta. So they're very good and very dangerous. So uh, I know everybody talks about the Dodgers and in the Mets, even Philadelphia. Atlanta's as strong as ever.
2: Philly, you mentioned them. They lose one of their best players to an injury, and they seemingly haven't missed a beat. They've gone 7-3 and three in their last 10, and they're right there in the hunt as well for a wild-card berth. How's Philly been able to make this happen?
7: Yeah, they've got some nice production from guys like Reese Hoskins. Uh, you know, has stepped up. Uh, Alex Bone, uh Castellanos hasn't, you know, had the year. The Envision but still good enough. But, yeah, very impressive that they've done this without Bryce Harper. And Harper started taking batting practice yesterday. So, you know, he should be up sometime, you know, first week of September or so. You know we'll see how effective he is coming off a broken wrist, uh, but he's only going to add to that lineup. So I, I think they uh they, they you know they get the two big horses at the top rotation too in Wheeler and Nola. So you know they could they could surprise some people in that that first round of playoffs if they get in.
2: Let's switch over to the American League. Astros have the best record in the AL right now, seventy five and forty two overall. Even though they haven't played their best baseball the last few weeks, right? They've been just slightly above 500. The Mariners, though, they're not going to catch the Strohs in the West, but Seattle made some moves at the deadline, and they sure do appear they're going to be a really dangerous team coming out of the wild card.
7: Oh, you know, absolutely. I mean, I think the, uh, if you look at the American League pennant, you know, certainly goes through Houston, and they got a two and a half game lead over the Yankees for best record. Uh, you know, the Yankees can't seem to beat them anyway. So, I think in the American League, unlike the National League, I think it's a lot more balanced. American League, I think you just, you got the two heavyweights in a big drop-off after Houston and, and the Yankees. But I, I certainly think the pennant goes to the Astros. They're just too good of a club.
2: The AL Central is probably the most competitive division in baseball as the Guardians sit atop. But both the Twins and the White Sox are only two games back, and we're talking it's the middle of August here. Of the three teams, who do you like to end up winning that division? And do you think the other two teams are able to sneak into the wild card or no?
7: I don't think the other two teams will get in. I think it's just you know one team and uh, the other two are sitting home. Uh, just because of you know, the mediocrity of those three teams, uh, you know, none of them have caught fire yet. Cleveland's sitting pretty. They got a, uh, I think, in the last 47 games now, 46 games, you know, 20 or 29 are at home. Uh, young team. They ain't doing anything at the trade deadline, but they may be the team to beat in, in the division. Uh, you know, Minnesota made some nice pickups, but it hasn't translated into wins yet. And the White Sox, you know, finally are starting to play better baseball. But it may be, you know, too late for those guys. Uh, they have a, a little tougher schedule, too, than Cleveland. So, I mean, it's a, it's a fun race. It's a, uh, you know, a, a terrible division. But probably, you know, going into the last week of uh, September, we may still see these three teams separated by no more than two or three games.
2: Bob, let's wrap it up with the American League East. Yankees were the best team in baseball the first half of the season. And ever since the All-Star break, they have been struggling. They're 2-8 and eight now in their last 10, and they're losing to bad teams including the Boston Red Sox, who have a losing record and sit in the basement of the AL East. What ails the Yankees? Well,
7: their pitching hasn't been the same. I mean, outside Garrett Cole, this other starters have kind of hit a wall. The bullpen's been in mess. Clay Holmes hasn't been the same since going to the All-Star game. Uh, you know, they just traded away Montgomery. The starter has been very consistent. Chapman hasn't been the same all year. And they're not hitting. Uh, with the last uh, six games, they only scored eight runs, shut out again last night. First time they've been shut out back to back games since 2016. <clears throat> and they are not supposed to get John Carlos Stanton back. LeMayhew is still banged up. So, you know, teams are saying, you know what? We'll just keep pitching around Aaron Judge and see if he can beat us. And so far, that's not working. So, you know, there's not panic in New York, but it hasn't been the same team, uh, like you said, since the All Star break. So they're they're starting to show some a uh, some in that, in that big juggernaut they had.
2: The Blue Jays had a lot of hype early in the season in the preseason, and they've been struggling of late as well. And it it feels like they're starting to fade a little bit, Bob. As now they've been overtaken by Tampa Bay in the uh, in the standings, and they got Baltimore just a game and a half behind them for that final wild card berth. The Orioles have been playing good baseball since the break as well. What's going on in Toronto?
7: Well, they already fired their manager. You know, Charlie Montoya hired John Schneider, and uh, and they took off. I think they went nine to first ten under Schneider, but have since really cooled off. I know they're not getting their starting pitching like they thought. Uh, Barrios, who they got from the Twins, getting a big contract extension, he hasn't been right all year. Uh, you know, George Springer's finally getting up, back off the injury list. Uh, Vlad Guerrero isn't the same Vlad Guerrero of a year ago so just a lot of little things Uh, you're right I mean they uh, if they sit home and don't make the playoffs you know that'd be one of the most underachieving teams of baseball you know them and the Chicago White Sox so they should have way too much talent to be playing playing like this
2: Bob appreciate your time as always brother keep up the tremendous work with USA Today we'll talk to you soon my friend sounds good It's Bob Nightingale, covers Major League Baseball for USA Today, breaking down the big teams going on right now. And Look, we we focused on the Yankees playing awful since the All-Star break. Got to pay attention to those Blue Jays because they seem like they're fading a little bit too, and Baltimore is nipping at their heels. Can't believe I'm actually saying that the Orioles are making a push to get into the playoffs. The Baltimore Orioles. Got to love baseball. We got to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show, finalize the poll question of the day, and get you set up for Kevin Foote and footnotes. That's all coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. (laughs) Uh, the Arneville Volunteer Fire Department is hosting a Black Pot Cook-Off on Saturday, September 10th. The cooking is going to begin at 8 a.m. and the eating will start at noon at the Flower Auditorium there in Arneville. There's going to also be plenty of live music to go along with the Black Pot Cook-Off. Gerald Grunick and Gentilly Zydeco, Dustin Sonier and Sweet Cecilia are all going to be performing. For more information about the Black Pot Cookoff, visit www.arnevillefire.org. That's www.arnevillefire.org. About more information about the Black Pot Cookoff. I want to take a moment to thank all of our guests for making today's edition of RP3 and Company tremendous. Brett Chancy from the Locked On Astros podcast, Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, William Weathers from Tiger Rag, the Bible of LSU sports, and Bob Nightingale, Major League Baseball reporter from USA Today. Thanks to all four of those gentlemen for joining us this morning. Poll question of the day. Who will win the LSU QB battle? Final results, 66% of you say Jaden Daniels, the Arizona State transfer. 34% say Garrett Nuss-Meyer will win it. Thanks for all who voted on the poll question of the day, all that commented as well. And thanks to all the great phone calls we had from the listeners this morning. Good stuff by you guys. That's going to do it for us today. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. But until then, be kind out there. Be safe. Kevin Foote in footnotes is up next. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston
5: Astros.